Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Vic Fangio had an interesting quote following the loss of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Miami Dolphins surrendered 31 points, Joshua. However, Vic Fangio said this was a defense that was just a few plays away from playing, having a great performance. When you hear something like that, would you agree? I mean, I, I think I would. I think when you look at the tape, I mean, the hardest thing for them to do is contain A.J. Brown in current situ- in you know tough situations, right? I mean, if you had a, a healthy secondary out there, and I know we're making excuses, but you know, there's different ways the ball bounces. You saw the penalties, the countless different things that could have gone different ways there. I think um, Vic Fangio might be on the right track with that. When you look at how well David Long played, Jerome Baker, they were getting pressure on Hurts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I can agree with that, but I am a little surprised based on, you know, the outcome of the game and, and how much, uh, they did allow AJ Brown and some of those other guys to feast in Philly's, uh, offense. What were your thoughts when you heard that? I kind of agreed too. I think, I mean, I'm not saying that AJ Brown's going to have 10 receptions for what, like a buck 50 and a touchdown every week. Uh, but there are going to be games where he just goes absolutely bananas. Um, you know, there's going to be situations where he, uh, some guy tries to tackle him and that pressure bounces off him and, and knocks off another defender somehow. I, I don't understand how it happens. He's an absolute uh, awesome player, but I, I think I do agree that this Dolphins defense is headed in the dire- right direction. And I feel like Sunday's game is an interesting opportunity for this unit to really define themselves and say, Hey, this was, uh, this was that game that Mike McDaniel was talking about. Remember after they won 70 to 20, um, he was looking around at all the defensive players and saying, Hey, there's going to be a game, you know, we're going to need to win 10 to three or something like that. Now, I don't think that, this game is going to be a 13-point total type game. But what I do see here is that Mac Jones had a pretty successful week last week. I think he had four different receivers with at least 50 yards. Now, none of them went bananas. They all had about 63 at the absolute most. Uh, he wasn't pressured. He was pressured on about 21% of snaps last week. And you have a Miami Dolphins defense that ranks third in sacks, their first in quarterback hits. But we kind of see Mac Jones being like to it in the sense of, Hey, he can be that blackjack dealer, right? He can toss it out to a bunch of different players. Well, the dolphins actually are 27th in completion percentage allowed. So it kind of fits into his strength of being that blackjack dealer. However, the, the one interesting stat I've gone back to like seven times this week. So, so saying thanks for dealing with it, but the dolphins are also first in yards allowed per reception. So they are going to encourage Mac Jones to dink and dunk. And it's going to be, Really interesting to see if Miami's defensive line, despite the fact this isn't a unit that blitzes a lot, can get some sort of pressure as this New England Patriots offensive line is starting to get healthy and becoming one of the better units in the NFL uh, as much as we don't want to give them credit. So seeing if the defensive line can force Mac Jones into some hurried throws and make him not be that guy who, hey, this Dolphins defense, they'll let you dink and dunk all the way down the field, but you have to be perfect for, you know, 10 to 15 type plays. Can that defense disrupt them, you know, two, three times where they don't even have a chance to get to those 10, 15 plays and score a touchdown? I think so. I think this is the matchup for that defense to go out there and, you know, I don't want to say assert their dominance or prove that they are this, you know, elite unit that we thought at the beginning of the year, but I think they have the opportunity to do so. You mentioned Mac Jones being able to almost turn chicken uh, poop into chicken salad, you know, avoiding pressure, you know, making completions against, you know, some of these weapons that we, you know, I'd hate to make fun of them, but Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Mike Kosicki, I mean, he doesn't have the greatest playmakers around him, but when you look at that offensive line, I do think they're susceptible to giving up 
pressure and with how good the Dolphins have been this year. You mentioned it. I mean, I don't know if it was because we weren't seeing sacks as much or what, but, you know, a couple weeks ago, Dolphin fans seemed like they were down on this pass rush. And you mentioned it, what, third and QB hits, you know, pressure, I believe first, you know, sacking the quarterback left and right. So you get a healthy Jalen Phillips who we saw uh, look like himself last week. Bradley Chubb's playing out of his mind. Those two guys between them, Wilk and Steeler, I do think this is that game where they pressure the heck out of Mac Jones and force some of those errors that we've seen in years past. And maybe we see X uh, once again um, doing the Marshawn Lynch celebration in the end zone while he's grabbing his uh, groin. It always does seem like X has Mac's number. He had the interception in week two while uh, covering Devontae Parker. Uh, Sunday against the Buffalo Bills was the first time the New England Patriots scored more than 20 points in a game. Uh, the Miami Dolphins had scored 20 points or more in every game except for one so far this season, just for a little context. And now when I say that the Dolphins have a shot to win this game with defense, I'm not trying to say that this um, Patriots offense come out and punch you in the face and things like that. This offense, despite last week's win, which was at home, which I think plays a very big deal in these divisional games, uh, this offense really struggled 17 or less points five times. They're one and four in those games. Uh, one guy I do have circled, and Kat and I talked about him a bit yesterday, is Demario Pop Douglas. Uh, if you remember week two, Bradley Chubb forced a fumble, and he just sat the rest of the game. And there were even some players, I think, griping, like, hey, you know, he had a mistake, but he's out. he should be out there. He's a pretty good playmaker. Uh, four of six targets last week uh, were receptions for 54 yards, one rush for 20 yards for an offense that is brutal and really inches its way down the field. You know, you think about Mac Jones averaging five yards a, a pass last week, having someone like Davis can be that difference maker where you can get those chunk yardage and try to limit some mistakes at the same time. And that was Demario Douglas, correct? Is that what you're talking about? Slot receiver. Yeah. And then you got Cater Kohu. That's a matchup there. I mean, I'm looking at pro football focus because someone, uh, very kindly shared um, their login information with me. And he is their, their highest graded uh, offensive player besides Trent Brown. So um, Demario Douglas versus Cater Coho. Let's see the way that one matches up. But I guess it all come down to um, those other guys in the secondary, right? Depending on what Xavier Howard does and Jalen Ramsey. I think one of the biggest reasons is we look at the Smiley Dolphins offense, you know, Tua Tungavilla, you mentioned at the top, undefeated when facing Bill Belichick. I think a big reason this could be is because, you know, we saw it with Brian Flores. There's a bit of stubbornness, right? You know, we run our defense. We're going to run our defense. And that's what it's going to be. No team blitzes more than the New England Patriots. And, and that's just gotten much worse since they suffered, you know, injuries in the secondary. All of a sudden, J.C. Jackson is back there. He has to face the Miami Dolphins for the second time. And then Tua against the Blitz this season. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So to me, man, if you want to explain to me in one sentence, even though I did it in like a bajillion words, why Tua is good against the Patriots, they blitz way too much. I think it's that simple. Yeah, when you're getting the ball as quick as he is, I mean, not only is he reading the the defense better, he's getting the ball out and finding the spot and, you know, where he needs to go with the football. So um, I'm glad you brought that up because you were sitting there talking about how blitz heavy they were. And I was just thinking I started to look it up, man. How how good is to have been against the blitz? Because I know he's just been money. So will anything change from the New England Patriots? Probably not. And to a time below, is probably going to go out there and have the opportunities to once again um, do the things that he does. But we just hope we don't see any of those mistakes that we've seen in years prior, right? From to a time below, maybe not seeing the way the defense is playing and throwing one right into the linebacker's heart and soul like we've we've uh, noticed before. But, uh, yeah, man, two-time below versus the Blitz, it's game over. And hopefully New England, well, in, for them, I hope they have a, a better way to game plan because two is getting that ball out quick to guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and 
they're getting that yak this season, something they really haven't gotten in years past. The Patriots have always done a very good job at containing Tyree Kill, and it's interesting because they blitz a bunch, but how can you contain Tyree Kill? Well, they do a great job at doubling, you know, shading safeties in that direction, but if you go look at some trends, Jalen Waddle has had some pretty awesome games against the New England Patriots as a result. Two has been a doing a great job at just shuffling around, understanding where that pressure is and, and finding the weak spot in that defense. And someone who I think is going to have a monster, monster uh, workload in this game, Raheem Moster. The running game really struggled last week. We didn't see much out of Jeff Wilson and Salvan Ahmed, but people are already forgetting that two weeks ago, Raheem Moster was AFC defense, or excuse me, offensive player of the week. Uh, I think he had, what, 120 yards, three touchdowns, already had 11 total touchdowns on the season. Despite one off week, I think we go back to that week two Patriots game where he most had like 120 rushing yards and a touchdown that week as well. I think that the running game is going to help the Miami Dolphins offense a lot because I think, especially in these divisional games, man, if one thing's clear through having a season and a half of Tyree kill, these teams in the AFC East are going to do everything they possibly can to make sure he's not the reason the Miami Dolphins win against a divisional opponent. I'm sorry, froze up there. You finished, right? Yeah. Sorry. Good. Okay. No, you're good. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill is going against JC Jackson again, right? Didn't they uh, go head to head earlier in the year? Week one um, looks like 11 to 15 targets for Tyreek Hill, 215 yards matched up against JC Jackson. So it could absolutely be a long day there. And, um, you know, he's well on his way for that 2000 yards. I mean, do you think that's why he's playing this week, Jake? You think he's so gung ho to get out there and play in every game because he's trying to hit this mark? I mean, um, I don't think he cares that much, but to your point about Raheem Mostert, he looks like he's going to play. If he doesn't play, who do you see sliding in there? Would it be Jeff Wilson? Would it be Salvin Ahmed? Who would get the bulk of the touches if, you know, for some reason, Raheem Mostert's one of those guys that shows up on the list last second and we're just like, oh no, not RB1. I think it'd be Jeff Wilson. Uh, you go back to last season, there were a few weeks where Jeff Wilson did lead the team in carries and rushing yards, and he can definitely get the job done. I think there is just a little more sense of explosiveness um, in the sense of having someone like Raheem Mostert in the backfield. But I think that's why you invest in having a guy like Jeff Wilson, and that's why you're, you know, you're sniffing around uh, the Jonathan Taylors if you can get one of these guys on the cheap. Um, it is a scary situation, but I'm fairly confident that Raheem Mostert's going to be good to go come Sunday. Uh, but, man, so one thing is clear is we have seen some surprises on the injury report. And I would be a little queasy having Jeff Wilson start, but I do think this rushing attack, especially just you know Mike McDaniel's knowledge of the running game, uh, would be good enough for this unit to get the job done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just feel like if you need to have that run game going to have this whole offense work is, you know, in sync the way we've seen over these last few weeks. So let's hope he's out there. Let's hope we can continue to do what we do. And let's handle this New England Patriots team that's, you know, going to be a little bit more feisty than what we saw in week two. One final note here about the offense, something to keep on your radar. My bad for not bringing this up earlier. River Craycraft, his 21-day window is open to return to the field. He suffered a shoulder injury earlier in the season. He was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. But – I didn't really get the vibe that this was supposed to be a long-term injury with Revere Craigcraft, and don't get me wrong, this is all tinfoil hat, but he's one of those guys I wouldn't be surprised if it was a four weeks and he's good to go and they're just kind of ramping him up this week, but that's just something to keep on your radar as we push forward to Sunday's game. 